Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host attorney Rodney Dowell here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys improve their practice. We're glad you could listen today on Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, Executive Director of Massachusetts Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers and Director of LCL's Massachusetts Law Office Management Program. Improving the lives of attorneys by offering free and confidential help for Massachusetts attorneys on issues ranging from depression and addiction to how to improve their business practices. For more information, visit us at www.lclma.org and www.masslowmap.org. I'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. You can find more information at pclaw.com backslash radio. Today on the Unbillable Hour, we will be speaking with Paramjit Mali. Paramjit is a development coach consultant for lawyers at the Rainmakers Roundtable. Since 2007, she has trained and coached hundreds of lawyers, whether they are in-house or have their own practice. She is also a resident lecturer at Miami Law School. Welcome, Paramjit. Thank you very much. Looking forward thank- to it, Rodney. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. Today, we'll discuss some of the biggest mistakes that lawyers make when it comes to business development. Now, I know that you've worked with hundreds of lawyers over the years, so let's get right into it. What are the biggest mistakes that you find lawyers making when it comes to business development? Oh, my God. I have a long list, and believe me, they're not in any particular order, but there are certain themes that I do see that I do seem to see coming over, over and over again. So... The first one, and I think this is because they're so bright, thinking that they know it all, that is definitely a big concern. Secondly, and this is where common sense is so, God, underrated, um, the plans, if they do have any business development plans, it's in their head. And so they can't actually see the logical progression of how things are going to happen, but they think they can in their head. And I mean, and that is, you know, really, really common sense, but Believe it or not, this is definitely a concern. And then there's the law school training has a lot to do with this, the um, overwhelmed complexity and how, and it ties in very much with the common sense. I think all smart people and attorneys are definitely some of the most smartest people that I've come across. I think if you're very, very smart, there is a tendency to overcomplicate things, and that happens. I see that with all my VIP clients every single time. And then, you know, when you kind of distill things down, you're like, oh, this is actually not that difficult and not that hard to do. But I think it's just their DNA, law school training. And with that comes in the analysis paralysis and commitment. I think that is another one because oftentimes because of law school training, they want to see results before they do anything, which, as you know, it's scientifically, it's impossible. One cannot see results if you don't do anything. You're not going to lose weight if you don't go to the gym and don't eat the proper foods and whatever is right for your body, you know? So um, 
those are some of the things that I've, some of the common themes that I see with my own clients. Now, what it seems pretty common to me also, and I wanted, wanted to explore whether you see this, is attorneys that don't want to be perceived as the salesman or they don't think that they can market regardless of any other ideas. Do you see that also? I do. And and, um, and I don't like to generalize like this because, yeah. I, you know, I've got clients from 26 straight from law school with a lot of debt to in their mid-50s. And... Um, I do. I do think that the crowd in their fifties, they do. They're more stuck in their way. It's it's human nature. And you know, the market, the economy has changed so much. The industry has changed so much. So it is more difficult for them. But at the same time, you know, they can change their behaviors. And I think the younger crowd, um, they they're seeing the writing on the wall. As they are younger as well, so they know that they have to learn the soft skills as well. And and tell me, when you say that you see these attorneys who are set in their ways, I mean, how does that manifest itself to you when you're talking to these older attorneys? Um, number one, don't know how to make a decision. We'll sit on it. As my three-and-a-half-year-old niece has coined about a year ago, um, think, think, well, she calls it think-abouters, right? Just uh-huh. think about it for too much <laughs> and don't make the decision. I think it's almost that um, they're afraid, because of the risk-averseness of attorneys, they're afraid to make the decision because they think that, you know, the outcome may not work out. And the fact of the matter is you're not going to know until you make the decision and actually do act on that decision. Otherwise, you're going to be in this eternal loop of madness. When nothing ever moves forward, action is is required, right? You just have to do something. Yes, I um, I you know, I, I often give a lot of presentations in the New York area, uh-huh. and I always you know say to all my attorneys, I'm like, there is a formula to all of this. <laughs> there is a magical formula, all right. And I said, you guys are brilliant at the information gathering, and that formula is information plus implementation is results. And I always kind of say to them, I said, you guys are absolutely brilliant. And I think I've got those tendencies as well, that journalism background, research, all that, going to dig, just deep, you know, digging deeper and deeper. At some point, you've got to put all of it together. And I'm not talking about the legal skills, you know, that you need in order to become a good lawyer. I'm talking about the skills that bring in the business. At some point, you've just got to stop gathering all information from different sources and decide what you're going to do and then implement it. And then you're going to start seeing the results, whether it's working or not. Now, do you find that attorneys that you work with sometimes are kind of generally have a try everything approach? And and what does that mean to you? And how do you get people out of that? I do. I have, I have seen, um, you know, sad, um, it's, um, I'm sad to, um, I don't want to, uh, that's not the right phrasing here, what I wanted to say, but it's unfortunate. It's very, very unfortunate. There are a lot of attorneys who have tried everything out there, and I mean everything in the business development buffet, marketing uh-huh. buffet out there. And the thing is, when they see, um, let's say, business tactic A, and, I, and, and that may be as simple as advertising on the subway, it's working for their competitors, and when they try it, it's not working. 
they really get discouraged and hate marketing business development people like me because they're like, well, did that, didn't work. <laughs> and, right. and, and the thing is, it's again, it's that kind of risk averse stuff that they do try. And I always kind of say, no, that's not how to do it. I said, all of it works. Even that shoddy advertising on the subway, New York subway, it works. All right. But you've got to know what works for your market. And and how do you, how do you, do you, I, do you find that attorneys have a hard time like figuring out what their market is? Yes, yes, I do. Um, last year, one of my first VIP clients was an attorney. Actually, he was in his probably in his early sixties. Um, one of the partners, and um, he it was very very interesting. He his. Um, was in the financial services and um, and he was very honest and I'm not won't name him or the firm. Sure. He just said he said this is not. I don't feel comfortable with what they've done. How these people have you know basically robbed a lot of middle class people with pension plans and and investment plans and all the rest of it. He said I just don't, I just don't want to work with this crowd. These are big banks and um, and and I worked through this whole process because he actually had a lot more skills. Then he realized, and the whole idea of what is a good client for him, an ideal client, was completely foreign to him. And he said, I had no idea that such a thing existed. Oh, that's interesting. That totally changed his mindset on the marketing. Because before it was like, I don't want to work with these big banks. And then once he got clear that he could actually develop a side, a smaller practice, right, within the law firm, um, and and still do the big the big banks work because you know they they they're big clients and there's a lot of money and and it contributes to the bottom line of the law firm. He got very very excited and started implementing straight away. Oh, that's great! And and tell me, I mean, so obviously one of the ideas is you have to you know you have to develop this ideal client and you have to write down what you're going to be doing. What are the others kind of what co- comprises the rest of the skill set that lawyers need to to develop to success to be successful when it comes to business development? Um, really good question. It's the soft skills. It's really is the soft skills. You've got to learn how to. Connect with people, good listening skills, presentation skills. Um, and I have to say that when I first got into this industry, I used to go to a lot of CLEs given by lawyers. And Rodney, forgive me, but it was sort of, I had to, it was like, kill me now because it was so <laughs> boring. Oh, I'm they, sure. And, and the thing is, and here's the sad thing about all of this, I'm actually geek enough to be interested in things like the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and intellectual <laughs> property. I'm interested in all of that. I'm even interested in maritime law. Right? That's, just, I'm impressed I mean, uh, that you would be interested in all that, but it well, would I mean, put I'll, you to sleep. I, well, I always kind of say to my friends, you know, I'm like, maritime law is interesting. It's pirate law, pirates on the high seas. That's what that stuff is. Right. right? And they're like, oh, my God, we never thought of it this way. And even intellectual property, you know, fashion film and books and shoes and um, publishing and all the rest of it. I mean, and I've got friends in the in that world as well on the legal side and the non-legal side. But I mean, I'm so I'm geek enough to be interested in these subjects. <laughs> it's like I just couldn't do I, after about six months of attending a lot of these CLEs given by lawyers is like, kill me now. I can't <laughs> do this. <laughs> so going back to your question about, yeah. um, you know, skills. Um, in terms of um, 
rainmaking. Look, everybody's strengths and weaknesses are different. And the, tr- and the thing is, everybody's got some of this combination, whether it's the listening, whether it's, whether it's getting out in, in the public, whether it's speaking, doing conferences, we're just getting involved in terms of doing all the back-end work of conferences and panels and, get, you know, involved in bar associations. Everybody's got those skills. I don't think people spend enough time in terms of really analyzing what they've got where they're, and where they're starting from. But the rainmaking skills, anything to do with bringing in clients is good. As simple as updating your LinkedIn bio is a good skill to have and to do it <laughs> consistently every three to five months. And, and so, I mean, obviously, I, it, that takes some self-analysis, though, right, for the attorneys to figure out what those skills are that they do have and that they can implement for business development. And how, yes, do you, how, do, how would you suggest that those attorneys kind of go through a process of that self-analysis to figure out, okay, these are the skills I'm comfortable with, and these are the ones I'm going to end up like focusing on in the next six months? Very good question. Um, there's, I do this with all my VIP clients, and what I would recommend, um, and, and this is, I'd like to say something, this, if you think when you've done this once, whether it's your ideal client that Everything is going to be solved. You're going to have that billion-dollar practice or whatever your number is. Growth is consistent. It never stops because I can guarantee you once you hit a certain level, the next bloody challenge is going to show up. And one may resist and rebel, and I do that all the time as well. But if you don't walk through that challenge, you're going to stay stuck. But in order to answer your question in terms of, well, where do you start with um, doing a self-assessment? I would definitely say, yes, get help. There's got to be people that you resonate with out there, whether it's me or someone else in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, Failing okay. that, I think that there's um, a SWOT analysis, which is um, which I do with my clients on their practice, on their individual skills, business development skills as well. A SWOT analysis is your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, just draw a box with on a piece of paper with four boxes, label them strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, threats. Just write in those things. And the, the magic here is what you want to do is move everything that's in your threats, which is danger, critical situation, like I'm going to get fired or I need to get a job tomorrow. Move all of that into your weakness box because weaknesses are a lot easier to deal with than threats are. Threats are like, you know, massive crises that are happening right now. Weaknesses are, if I don't get this done, there is going to be a bloody crisis in the next four or five (laughs) months or the next week. Hopefully that will explain, um, that will make that a bit easier. Right, absolutely. And and it's a great starting point. Now, would you suggest that people do that before or after they actually start creating a written business plan? Before. Because Before. you want to know where you're starting. You see, the thing is, not everybody, every attorney's skill set is the same. I mean, case in point, I mean, I, I had a young attorney graduated from law school a couple of years ago. He started his own CLE practice and here in the city. And um, he came to me earlier on this year and he said, you know what, I'm not going to practice law. I want to I want to set up this. These are my problems. 
Uh, he had heard me speak. Um, he worked for a CLE provider, and that's how he had heard me speak. And um, um, and I and I wasn't even sure that he was serious about working with me because I knew he had just graduated. So I was right. like, oh yes, he's going to have tons of student loans, and he's, this is not going to happen. Well, you know what? It took about three or four months, but when he approached me, he was serious. And I said, okay, fill this out, do this, do that. And I, and in my way, it was a way of testing him how committed and serious he was. And he did. He jumped through every single loophole. And then he said, I need to do, I need to work with you. I don't want to be spinning my wheels doing this, for, you know, finding out about business for the next three or four years where I could kind of get it done in a year or something. And so, um, I, ask everybody to do that. And the other thing is I always ask them to bring their SWOT analysis with them as well because guaranteed it's very, very difficult to see your own blind spots. I don't think anybody is fully aware of their own blind spots all the time. It's impossible. I, th- I agree. Very hard to uh, see our own blind spots, I think. Some uh, objective third parties are great for that. Listen, uh, it's time for a quick break and a word from our sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the Unbillable Hour on Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, joined by Paramjit Molly, a development coach consultant by, for lawyers at Rainmakers Roundtable. So uh, tell me, how long have you been at Rainmakers Roundtable? Well, you know, this, is, this has been a rebranding process for me. I've actually worked with a lot of business coaches myself. And um, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to um, um, win a scholarship, actually, to work with Anne McEvitt. Um, she's, she's an interesting story, you know, left school at 15 and, um, and it was through her advice and guidance, um, to change, rebrand the whole business. And it's not complete yet, all of it, because there are so many different moving parts, but, um, it's been up for the last 18 months with, with guidance from her in terms of, you know, different products and services, but not just lawyers, but for professionals. Oh, that's great. And, and just circling back here, I mean, so I know that you work with both lawyers and other small businesses and, in you know, it's all a business. So whether it's a lawyer or a small business or other professional, we've got to move forward. Now, when one, when I see people talking about business plans, I've seen suggestions from anywhere from the, you know, one page business plan to the the ten page you know uh multi year business uh, business marketing plan where do you fall into you know how far out and how extensive should this marketing to business development plan written uh plan be well first of all plans have got to be fluid that's my first point uh-huh. number two 
I don't believe, and this is, this is, you know, I'm, I'm very big on practical and seeing results and into that kind of stuff as opposed to airy fairy nonsense that's in the ether. That's not my thing. And, um, so I would say, in, where do I fall on that? Every client that I've had is in a different situation. This, this young guy ha- was starting from scratch. Yeah. So what we did was, this is what he's got in terms of resources, whether it's money, whether it's staff, whether it's, you know, access to networks, contacts, all that. Then there was a, so, you know, we started with where the resources, given the resources that he's got. And I'm like, you know what? You do all of this, the next phase is going to become very, very clear as opposed to trying to guess the second phase or the second level of the development. And then there was another attorney who was managing one of the partners at a small firm in the um, Philadelphia area. His concerns were different because this firm has, has got very good reputation in terms of being a product liability firm. But there were, you know, cases of um, transition of power and leadership. And then there was because and that impacted how business development was done by the partners, which was having a ripple effect on the younger attorneys, whether they were, whether they were, you know, whether these partners, the middle level partners, wanted these younger associates to start building their book of business, at least getting their name out there. And again, I use that same process, like you know, here's where we are. This is where your hands are tied. You can't do this. Politics, all those lovely things. But you've got A, B, C, D. You can do all of this right now. And, and again, you know, with this attorney, we did. And um, I think when he walked out of the day, he was, he felt, I mean, this is a tall guy, about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and, and uh-huh. he's a runner. And he just felt, I mean, I could just see it. And he said, you know, he just felt so much lighter. He just felt so more in control of his lives, which lawyers like to be in control. He was just feeling, I'm not in control. What if the law firm runs out of money? We haven't bought any more, any business. You know, we can't keep resting on our laurels. Right, right. Does that answer your question? So I really am a big believer in terms of, okay, stop with these bloody complicated plans. Here's where you are. Here's what you need to do. Let's get on with it. And just being very practical and moving forward, and that allows you to take the action steps more quickly. Yes, right? absolutely, Rodney. Because and then when you start seeing results, and you start seeing, you know, and the same attorney was really arguing with me about calendaring. He said, "No, this is taking more time out of my law practice, and I don't work after five o'clock." And <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, you know, and I was like, "Oh my God, stop being a New Yorker, Paramjit, and be nice." You know, be nice and diplomatic. And the interesting thing was within a week, I got an email from him over the weekend saying, okay, this works. That's that's great. That's great. But I would love to, uh, you know, I I wish I could tell all the people, uh, all our listeners and all the attorneys that I work with that, you know, they could always be done with marketing and their legal work by five o'clock. Now, that would be an ideal life. Uh, (laughs) But uh, because I think marketing and business development is kind of a full time job. I mean, even when you're out of the office. But let me ask you this. We, because, I mean, today, you, you know, we have the social media, we have the low-cost uh, social media platforms and stuff. Does does that play into legal marketing, in your opinion? Well, you know, Rodney, it's like going on a diet, right? Everybody's body, everybody's internal mechanisms are different, which means that every single diet out there works. You 
just got to find out the four or five different things that are going to make the diet work for you. Now, for, you know, person A, it may be doing yoga, Pilates, and kickboxing. And I think I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> combined with not eating after six o'clock. And uh-huh. I think it's the same with business development. I mean, I've gone to so many lectures and seminars in the legal space and um, outside where you see there's all these different um, business development folks saying, it's my way, that's it, that's going to guarantee you results. Well, you know what? Here's the sad truth. It all works. All of it works. Whether it's social media or not, all of it works. The trick is to find five or six different marketing activities that are right for your client. And even then, it's going to take you about six to nine months of implementing them consistently to find out what works. So to answer your question about the social media, absolutely it works. But the key is, is it right for your market? And why are you using it? Is it for strategic alliances with other lawyers and so forth? Or is it to bring in or is it to highlight things that you're doing, you know? And I do think at the very basic level, um, and I think a lot of attorneys do this anyway, that they should definitely keep their LinkedIn profiles updated, even if they're not on all the other gazillions of social media platforms. Well, well, certainly you can become overwhelmed, I think, with the social media uh, platforms. And LinkedIn seems to be the place for professionals, although personally I don't like it very much. But, you know, that's my personal uh, take on it. Um, not that it's not a great marketing tool, but I just don't like it. <laughs> well, no, I, so, I, I mean, and I'm the same because I've got this yeah. privacy, side of, privacy side as well. It's like, really? They know everything about you. Right. Um, but the thing is, you know, there are certain things that you do need to, you know, you do, it's, um, I think lawyers, it, it's like if there's a lovely piece of art there and nobody knows about it, no one's going to buy that piece of art. Exactly. And so you have to find the right mediums that work for you and right. your law firm and practice and so forth. And kind of circling, I mean, it seems to me like this all circles back to your original point, which is you have to know who, you, who you're aiming at and how you're going to try to uh, reach those, those clients. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I say, I mean, a couple of weeks, I say this because, you know, I, and I go back, to the, yeah, I do go back to the beginning on this. Law school training makes you risk averse. It's like driving a car with your foot on the brake and looking in the rear window all the time. And you're not going to get very far if that's how you're driving. And, um, and this is where that behavioral changes come in. And I always say to my clients, I, um, like, I mean, there are key things that always show up with all my clients. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of creative. They don't even know that they are. But right. they are, they want to contribute, they really want to contribute to community, all that stuff. And they're willing to do the work and the business development, all of it. But they want the results as well, which is, I don't think that's lawyers. I think that's everybody. But I always kind of say to them, you know, by the end of the day, they're like, oh, this is not that difficult. And I'm like, I never said, I never said that it was. <laughs> but the hardest work that you're going to do, I think the hardest work for anyone is changing your behaviors. Right. That's where the bloody work is. And it's, not easy work. So as as we as we kind of wrap this up, let me have you give some parting tips to to lawyers who want to become a 
you know, a very successful rainmaker? Right. A couple of different things that I'd like to offer. Um, first of all, I've got a blog. It's called profitingwithpublicrelations.com. And it's about six years old. It's got a lot of articles, a lot of stuff on, on practice management, just PR, business development, all those things. It's definitely a good resource to the formula. Let me remind you the formula for success is information plus implementation. Ready? Get ready for it. That's where the magic is. That's where the mojo is, results, because that's what we all want. You know, we want to see good results and movement. Um, you know, the other thing is, and I think all bright, intelligent people do this because they think they're supposed to know this, like they're supposed to figure it out. Um, get help. You know, find out someone that you resonate with. Don't stay stuck because at the end of the day, the most important commodity, and I mean, the most, our time is more important. Once that time goes, it goes. And I know there's absolutely lots of information on webs, on, on, on the internet and one can get lost and all the rest of it. No, I find the right person that you resonate with and, you know, start moving forward. And the last tip is in a, um, the beginning of November, I'm going to offer a teleclass. Um, it's a two part course on the three secrets to rainmaking. And it really is going to be a 101 primer, you know, for people who want to start getting out there in a very, very cost-effective way. Sort of, to, It's sort of like them dipping their feet in the water, you know, kind of getting, getting accustomed to this new behavior. So I would, you know, recommend um, you could sign up for it at the um, rainmakersroundtable.com at the rainmakersroundtable.com. And is that the best place to contact you if people want to reach out to you? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, they can call me directly at 646-763-1407. Um, I have no problem. I have a lot of people calling me. You know, I'm absolutely open to having a conversation because I do know there's a lot of worry and fear with a lot of lawyers. But I would like to, you know, finish off with saying this is that, look, things are not going to change if you don't change something, and oftentimes it's making that decision and then acting on it, as opposed to, as my three-and-a-half-year-old niece said, think about her, being a think about her. Think about <laughs> her, you don't get anywhere with that. Excellent advice. I really, I think that's exactly on point. So thanks so much for joining us today. And is do you have an email that you'd also want to give, or... Absolutely. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you for the reminder, Rodney. The, my email, direct email to me is ceo at the rainmakersroundtable.com. Great. And you, your telephone number again, if you want to give that one more time? Sure. 646-763-1407. Great. That wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetworks.com or in iTunes. And please feel free to continue this discussion on Twitter where you can find me at Rodney Dow. Thanks again for joining us, on the, and hopefully you'll join us again on the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. 
its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast with attorney Rodney Dowell. Join us again for the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.